generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome and you are listening to a very unique episode of the Keep the Change podcast. Now, every now and then I sit down with somebody for a podcast for Next Advisory in my accounting practice and... They are uh, just as good as explaining principles about leading your own life and your personal finances as they are as to how they've been building their business. Now, I got to sit down with Israel Whitley, who is a young guy and he's on the way up and he's going to go a long way and it's very, very evident and he's already gone a long way. Now, in this podcast and next advisory, we spoke about a number of things which I think you'll be really intrigued by and... It kind of shows you that you can really start with not too much, but then if you have a competitive killer attitude, you can go a long way if you're then prepared to get the right people around you. And I think you'll find some of the stories that he tells remarkably incredible as well as inspiring. So instead of just posting it up on the Instagram page to say, hey, you should check this podcast out, I thought I would do a quick intro over here that would allow me to then put this at the start of the podcast that I do with Izzy that you're about to listen to and you can listen to that and learn because there is a lot in there that you'll be really intrigued by. There's some stuff around his dad passing away and the way that his dad taught him uh, before he passed away and just a number of things that already clients from our next advisory side and, and people that listen to that podcast have said, wow, that's been really, really incredible. So I Given it's such a good piece of content and it is an hour long, uh, I wanted to get it in front of a number of you as well and hopefully get it into your ears because I know that one or two of you could be in the same position as Izzy was when he was growing up or from the same background and think, wow, you know, that's exactly what I needed to hear to just build that extra belief in myself or to think that, yes, I could do what he's done. I could do what you want to do. You know, you might not want to do what Izzy wants to do. He wants to build out a $100 million business so that's a, a turning over $100 million each year and, and that's just the start kind of thing for him whereas you might not be thinking that big or whatnot but you might just find some things in this podcast that help you change the way you're looking at the world or change the way you're looking at business or taking risks or your own upbringing or where you come from and things like that so I would uh, ask that you chuck this one on double speed if you can or sit tight and get through the lot because there is an hour there but I guarantee you that if you get through the whole thing, you will learn a lot about this guy, a lot around uh, the way he was brought up and the way he thinks and how he does things that just seem to be so different to how a lot of other people would do things. And if you want to be extraordinary, like I think this bloke is and will be uh, as he continues to grow, you've got to do some things that are pretty extraordinary and that's exactly what he's trying to do. And often we'll ask business owners, we'll say to them, what keeps you awake at night? And the top three things that they'll tell you are basically cash, uh, their staff or uh, not getting the work done or something going wrong with their customers, that sort of thing. Now, Izzy looked me dead in the eye when I asked him that question and I didn't give him these questions. That The whole interview is just off the cuff and he looked at me dead in the eye and said, how I can be better tomorrow. Wow. You know, you do not often hear someone so naturally uh, be so driven and that be the first thing that comes to their head when you say, what keeps you awake tomorrow? So a very uh, different type of mentality and person and I think you'll get a lot out of this podcast. So rip into it and drop me a message on Instagram on the other side and I'd love to know what you think.
welcome in. You are listening to a very special episode of the What's Next podcast because we've got a leader on the rise, a business leader on the rise in the studio today. He's had his favourite tune on, Izzy Whitley. Great to see you, mate. How are you? Good, mate. Cheers for uh, getting me in. Good to see you again. Yeah, six years in business recently for you. Yep, yep. Feels like 18, but... uh... (laughs) Nonetheless, still here, enjoying it, which is the main thing. You haven't aged at all, mate, so what's the secret? Uh, I'll, I'll give you some a bit too much information. My best mate's actually got me a Botox voucher for my forehead because he thinks I'm aging that badly. So. Really? Yeah. I've been I'll, I'll take the compliment f- from you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone been, else says the opposite. I've copped a bit of that, mate. Uh, <laughs> but if, oh, you know, you must be thinking about it. I'm like, oh. I actually met another accountant and he had a client who does Botox. And oh, he was yeah. like, make you one of these and then you're sweet. Uh, but no, I haven't succumbed yet. This tune, tell us about this tune, mate. This is your favourite tune. We usually get people to play their favourite tune once they come on the pod. And this is a, a bit of a banging. You were telling us you do something pretty unique about the songs you listen to each week talk us through that yeah I uh, every like week I get that discover weekly on your Spotify and they refresh it new songs based on kind of what you what went through your phone prior week and on my way to work on the Monday I'll uh, listen to it which is about 20 minutes so it's kind of got five songs four yep. songs and I'll pick what one's the best and, and that's me for the week same song all week Keeps me keeps me consistent and uh, yeah keeps me on the same frequency the whole week. So do you just put it on repeat? Yeah, like just click that Spotify repeat button. Yeah, absolutely. Don't change it and and keep keep what works. And then come Sunday, I'll change it up again. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always done it right. Like honestly, it's on on the plane or whatever. I find it it's a big part of actually almost just like an anchor point to consistency, right? Like it's yeah. I try and be as consistent as I can in anything. Um, and I just always found that even even when I was a kid, like if I found one song, just my mates that. always call me DJ Repeat, but <laughs> DJ, <loved it>. yeah. <laughs> DJ Repeat. And have you got a song that kind of sticks out from over the years that you've just thrashed so much that now that you hear it, you kind of you can't cop it anymore? I've got a uh, playlist on my Spotify, and I call it Bumpfer. Yeah, two point because Bumpfer original got too too many. So all of my favorite songs from each week, I add to it. Bumpfer. So I've just so. I don't have a, I don't have a uh, specific uh, blast, but I've just got a whole bloody playlist of them. <laughs> I'm sure we can probably if that, that's on Spotify, we yep. can probably look you up and find it, mate. Whilst we're there, is there anything else that you do that you think sort of unique and you've built into your routine or approach, and that you've found really useful for yourself in business or personal life? Like that's pretty unique, right? That's pretty different as such, yeah. but it works for you. And um, it makes sense. Yeah, it's probably. Not off the top of my head now. I think uh, probably a little bit OCD with some things, but yeah. <laughs> apart from that, doesn't necessarily make it make the week any different. I'm a bit weird with my clothes and and and, and showers, and that's about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And you've I see you've introduced an ice ice bath for the crew. Yep. Ice yep. bath Fridays, man. It's it's honestly like I kind of get in on a Friday, feeling like my finish line for that working week is is kind of home time on that Friday. And since I've been doing it for the short time I have been, four or five weeks, honestly feels like I've got another gear come, really? come Friday and it's fantastic. And it's cool seeing the team jumping it right equally. I enjoy them getting yeah. a bit of a kick out of it, whether they like it as much as I do, I'm not sure. But they, they say they do yeah. at face value. But um, nah, just, just constantly trying to look at little things which can give me a bit more edge or a bit more gas in the tank nice. to, to, to kind of keep keep pushing. And how long do you stay in there for? A couple of minutes? Oh, I try and do ten minutes. Jesus! Um, but it's amazing how quickly your body can adapt mm. from the first time. Like the first time, I think I did two minutes. Then the second time was five, and then yeah, kind of away laughing. Ten minutes feels no different to twenty. You just end up getting bored. To be fair, <laughs> you, you get wow. your kind of kick after at ten. They reckon so. Ever sauntered? Every every other day I'd sauna. So yeah. uh, we don't have a sauna in our office yet. We're getting one put in in four weeks, <laughs> um, which will be great. So once that in there. I'll be away laughing. Like the gym I go to here uh, has got a steam room. Uh, yep. So I always do the steam room and they've got like an ice shower that I jump in after every nice. day, which is great. And and finding routine kind of when I'm on the road, Les Mills has a sauna yep. in Wellington. Uh, IHF in Christchurch where I go has a steam room and a and a plunge pool, which is an ice bath yeah. realistically. Um, but yeah, just trying to find those kind of is, has it been um, hard to convince some of the team that doing those types of things is, is smart and a good thing to do for your, your health and your mental health? Um, some some of the team, right? Some people just aren't morning people. 
So mm. so they don't really see the benefit of it, and that's fine. I think you kind of find who the competitive people are in the space pretty quickly when you're throwing out almost little competitions or mini yeah. mind games. You got the people who want to come out there and prove something, and and the desired outcome for that, right, is that they do dive into that, and then they do get an outcome from it and continue making it a part of their week. So nice. We, we get probably fifty percent buying on the ice bath at the moment, <laughs> hoping to raise that. But who knows? Sort of might be different. Do some hot colds. <laughs> yeah. You talk about finding an edge and getting a bit of uh, an extra gear and then uh, extra gas in the in the tank. Is that something you've done your entire life prior to business as well? Um, well, I think once I got into business, it, it changed a lot. Um, I've I actually don't really remember how I tripped upon it or kind of fixated on it so much. But when I was starting out. Um, I was so focused on compound time and I was never focused on that before so there's not really too much I've taken from pre-business. The work ethic uh, is is definitely uh, pre-ALH pre, uh, and, and fit out but uh, yeah, nothing too transferable apart from that competitive edge really. Yeah, like yeah. I've always been competitive. I, I actually never really liked the sport I played growing up. I just loved winning. Football. Yeah, yeah. So you were quite good at it weren't you? Oh, I wouldn't say that. I was, I was fit. Yeah. I was fit and I could kick with my left foot, which, or half kick with my left foot, but there's not too many lefties in New Zealand, so yeah. it made, made the selection process a bit easier. Yeah. <laughs> Good man. And so you, uh, so that's where you kind of learnt that competitive nature, you started to understand it a bit more, that you really liked the winning. Yeah, I. it's it's interesting. It probably goes back to my upbringing. Uh, we, we grew up in an ultra-religious home, like super Christian belief family. And I wasn't allowed to play competitive football with people who weren't Christians on the weekend. So I grew up, till I was 12, I was never allowed to play a competitive game of football because in our religion it was called you're unequally yoked, right? So you couldn't actually go and play with people that weren't. Uh, gotcha. yeah, so, But that was normal for me. I didn't think that that was too unnormal. And the first game I ever was allowed to play, we actually like had to, my dad had to talk to like my granddad who was the pastor and kind of almost get his approval and I never forget kind of going to the game, how nervous he and I was that someone from the church was going to see us, right? Because we were breaking the bloody yeah, status rules. quo and yeah. the rules. And then we played and uh, and we lost. And I'll never forget, I went to go and get in the car and, and Dad had driven off. And, uh, and I knew exactly what that meant, is that I had to walk home because I lost. And I got home, it's about a 3K walk. Uh, and I remember I got home... And uh, he said, oh, just one thing, moving forward, I don't take losers home. You can find your own way home if you lose. And, wow. And it, it, so that was a reminder. But then if I look back from be before 12 years old, everything was to be better than, uh, everything was to be better than or be faster or more athletic than my siblings. From my dad to me, I was never going to be more athletic than people five years older than me, right? I was, mm. But it was always a competition, everything I did. But it was never like that for my siblings to me. So it's almost like I was like the little test dummy to yeah, see how yeah. far I could get pushed. So, yeah, I wow. guess the competitive stems stems from there. So it's actually just been able to harness it and control it. That's what I was going to ask because I'd imagine there'd be some people you'd tell that story to that would go, well, that's really unhealthy yeah. or your dad shouldn't have done that yeah. or, or whatever, right? But you've obviously taken the lesson from it and then figured out how you can channel that for positive outcomes. Yeah. Look, people take of it what you will, right? If yeah. I had to do my upbringing again, sign me up. Yeah. Ten times over. It mean I got to where I am today and where I believe I think I can get. Um, just one of those things, right? It's negatives, but take positives yeah. out of it and push on. Yeah. Nice one. And whilst you're there then, we'll carry on that path, where do you believe you can get to? Uh, first step, I, I generally think this ALH business can get to 100 million revenue. Shit, I forgot to even say where you're from. That's <laughs> 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 no, right. Um, I, I firmly believe that in the next five to six years, ALH can be generating 100 million revenue. Yeah. Um, in, in New Zealand, and, and who knows if we've got a bolt on either side of that in uh, Brisbane or, or Aussie. Um, and equally, the other business I'm involved in, uh, Aiden and Brett, who who drive that business, they've probably got pretty similar am- ambitions to to me. So that's the first hurdle. I don't try not to get too caught up in the yeah. in the bigger bigger picture. Kind of try and get somewhere close enough that it feels like it's within arm's reach and 
And I generally feel like we've made the right inroads and, and are putting the right infrastructure in now uh, ahead of time uh, so we can kind of reap the rewards in a few years. How has the journey gone from that those sort of early days where it was you and a few of your lads and whatnot and and sort of uh, maybe we'll head down to headquarters on a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Seen that <laughs> <there> a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I was having you weren't going to mention that. <laughs> you know, that might be 2 o'clock or it might be 5 or uh, to now going, shit, you know, scale and culture, um, team, processes, structure, bigger visions. Like, what's that switch been like to flick? Um, it has felt relatively, like, organic for me. Um, having the mentor I do and Rob, um, couldn't ask for a better person to be on sitting on my shoulder and, and helping kind of direct the rudder at times where, where it might be a bit bit loose. Um, but look it it's felt relatively organic. It's I've I feel like I'm a product of someone who's been believed in and and has a big work ethic and a real willingness to learn. Uh, and equally, again, the shareholders that I have, I feel, have believed in me and actually empowered me. So I need to make sure I'm doing that to my leadership team yep. at ALH. And provided they feel the same way, uh, problems just become quickly solved and, and we just get back to the, the drawing board. So there's there's not necessarily been too too many like pivot points where I feel like, holy heck, I need to really change who I am or how I am. Yeah. Just have to go with the flow and believe in the people that you have around you, and, and that that's and and having clear standards of what they expect of me and, and what I expect of them. Nice one. And how did you come across? So when you say Rob, Rob Fife, yeah. Uh, how did you come across Rob? When uh, did that relationship start? M- mutual friend. Gotcha. Uh, back back in the day, um, and I actually ended up going on a um, on the Milford track walk with uh, with my mate and and Rob and Sarah and a couple of their friends, and I'd never really. Uh, got to know Rob or Sarah too well because um, they were uncle and aunties to, to my mate and uh, and that Milford track walk single-handedly changed, changed my life, right? Like really? I, I, ALH would have been six months old, five months old when I went on that Milford track walk. I'd never spoken to Rob about business just because I actually never really anticipated ALH to go beyond it but from walking into that Milford track walk day, day one, to walking out of it, having no phone coverage for four days, unintentionally and and not knowing who the hell Rob was and the CV and the, the experience he had to walking out after four days with him next to him on the Milford track walk. And, and Sarah um, was like, life-changing right like if it wasn't for that then I wouldn't be where I am yeah and I wouldn't have kind of thought that what was on the horizon I a a really kind of funny and like reference point that I look back to is growing up in Gizzy the way I was kind of brought up uh my uncle was like my hero right and he's a top bloke uh and he's doing really well now uh and I never forget he was on 144 grand and I was like, oh my goodness, like yeah. this guy is like crushing Minted. it, right? And then you're right, that's, that's a fantastic income, that's a great wage. But then to then, like within a few years, be kind of, you know, mm. on a walk with someone like Rob and even some of Rob's friends that were on that walk, you're kind of like, wow, like you actually see what's achievable and what can be earned. And you almost remove barriers from a small-minded upbringing to thinking, hang on a minute. Yeah, you know this guy can do it. Yeah, he's a bit of a freak, but so I, re- I reckon I could get. I reckon I could see how close I could get to yeah. it. You know, and and with his help and 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 Sarah's help and and equally, who they've introduced me to, John T. It's just been great. So uh, a mutual friend who who we went on a Milford track walk with yeah. kind of realistically changed changed my life, and it's been been Powerful. been a been a hell of a journey since. And so you for that four days were you like a sponge once you started sort of gelling with Rob. I was probably only a sponge on the last two days. Gotcha. Uh, because I was kind of like, man, this guy, you know, like, I didn't know what the barriers for, <laughs> for what was okay or not okay to talk about. If you ask, like, my family or my siblings, the first thing they'd say, the only thing I was ever infatuated with was how tall someone was and how much money they made. Yeah. That was, like, the question I'd ask from the time, as soon as I could walk. Infatuated how much money someone made and how tall they were. That's all I ever wanted to know about someone. And uh, I don't really give a shit about the whole height thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nor, nor do I go and ask people how much money they make. But I think 
it's a question that I've always appreciated, not necessarily the dollar figure on someone, but I guess to the position where I sit right now and the revenue that we're generating and mm. the challenge it's been to get there, I kind of look back and think, geez, you know, Rob running in New Zealand and Sarah respectfully too running 62 models. It's like you start to appreciate and understand the challenge that it gets to get to those numbers. Yeah. And I was n- I've never done what I have to get a buck, right? Like it was never my, my intentions to set out to, to get rich from in, mm. in, in a quick scheme. I just was hell-bent on the challenge and, and, and loved it. So, yeah. yeah. Wow, what a result. What a, uh, yeah, what a chance meeting. So, when you, so you grew up in Gisborne. Yep. And then you made your way to Auckland. Yep, yep. When I there. was year 12, yep. I uh, I came up to Westlake. Yep. Um, and that, again, was a real pivot point for me. Um, got taken in by a guy who's now is one of my, one of my best mates, uh, his family. And they almost just adopted me like another kid, right? I moved up there, me and him, two 16, 7-year-old boys, 17-year-old boys living in a, in a room on two single beds in the same room for two years, right? Like, you, yeah. you don't read about it too often, but <laughs> it was, um, it, it, that was still a hell of a better opportunity and living, like, situation than what I was, and I was buzzing, mate. I, yeah. I was stoked, right? I loved it. So, yeah. went out to Westlake and then um, failed school terribly, right? Uh, and then got stuck into a building apprenticeship for a few years and loved it, like absolutely loved it, but uh, ended up kind of in that, I guess like the third, entering into the third year, I was starting to play footy a little bit too, and then I got mugged in town and uh, got my shoulder like wrecked, and I had to have shoulder surgery. So the recovery to being back on the tools was nine months. And I had every intention to go back on the tools after that surgery, but I was kind of like, I was on ACC, and, and I kind of almost, I was in a National League, and it's not professional league, you kind of get 150 bucks and some coaching money, yeah. if you're lucky. Uh, but I was on ACC, so I almost kind of got the chance to live a little bit like as a professional footballer, I guess, or an athlete, to look after myself yeah. and kind of see what I could potentially do generate in the way of like my performance and uh and then got uh got stuck into a coach uh sons who who who's crushing it right like he's mm. a pretty big deal in New Zealand now yeah. back in the day he was he was getting stuck into it and uh and helped me heaps and then unfortunately the old ticker gave off on me and uh and, and uh Ended up being diagnosed with a, a heart condition, cardiomyopathy, and uh, kind of got rushed to hospital after being told I'd kind of had a couple of heart attacks. So, wow. that, that, and that was at 21. So, and and you know, a year prior to that, uh, lost my dad to our uh, suicide. So it was it was a pretty hectic. I guess from the time I was 16 to 21, a lot happened in five years, right? Like you, you leave home, you go and live with a stranger who then becomes your best mate. You then go into a building apprenticeship, go into uni. Get mugged in town, <laughs> having heart attacks. Yeah, having heart attacks. Bunch <laughs> of fun along the way. Yeah. <laughs> Lose a dad, and then um, kind of back at square one at twenty one. And uh, did it feel like that at the time? Yeah, it did. But uh, did you risk like that? Did you sort of have those moments of like, why me? That sort of victim mentality creeps in, or yeah, I as as strange as it sounds, I think from the minute I like found out dad had passed away. I don't know what it was, but I was always like, actually, it's going to say more about me as a person, a sibling, and and a cousin or a nephew or a niece to my family, on how I come back from this, um, opposed to like whether I dwell on it mm. and kind of coming back from it in the way I did. Again, I was able to focus on footy, and 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 use that as a distraction. But then to have the heart thing happen, you're like, oh, hang on a minute, I've got to Lost go line. again, you yeah, know. Yeah. I uh, football was kind of all even. You, I never actually liked football. I just loved winning. Yeah, and you uh, striker. And no, Jesus, oh. I, was, I was a defender. I was okay, check me out out wide on the left as a defender, and and yeah. I'd just try and run as much as I could. And then yeah, had had to reset. And then I was I was kind of left there there at twenty one, and um, never been one to dwell on anything, right? And, and kind of a few months after that, I uh, I that's when I came up with the idea with ALH and. And it was game on from there. Really. I, I never looked back at actually did the Milford track walk and uh, 
passed the keys over to my brother for ALH for four days. Yeah. And then came back from that Milford track walk and I was kind of like, I had eight people out on site at that stage. I kind of thought to myself, you know, I just need to give this a nudge here and, yeah. and go for it and give it a crack. And I kind of thought if there's someone who's, who's who could potentially give it a go, then I was backing myself that it could be me and then yeah. go from there. So We'll get into ALH in a second, but just before we do, so that, that mindset of you want to show up for your family and uh, who can you be going forward and whatnot, have you been able to look back and sort of pinpoint how you've been able to think like that? Because most people would default to default to fuck this, this is like, yeah. how's this all happened to me, I'm, 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 why try? Yeah, I, no, I, I still can't click as to what point in my life that I felt like that, it wasn't like a, that was un, an unnormal probably thing for me, I was, I was always a bit odd, to yeah. be fair, like I, like I fitted in, uh, and it was not like I was ever like an outsider, but I was, I could, I was, I was just a little bit weird, right, like I kind of had some weird tendencies, like I was kind of a bit, like overly obsessive with things that a lot of people weren't like little yeah. things like a bit of a perfectionist with some things like even when I was mowing the lawns like that was my first job at 12 I'd run the edger along it I'd get the string line to make sure the, the like I could get the roller out the pitch perfect as yeah. kills high school right like I had it looking like bloody Eden Park <laughs> it's fantastic but I took so much pride in it and yeah. I, I was I always just remember thinking, geez, I just need to be better than the gr- the greenkeeper that was, well, the groundsman before me. Yeah. And I used to go on, like, Google Earth and look at what it looked like before I started and then, like, looked at it before when I was like, yeah, fuck, I'm winning here. I've done that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm fucking better than that guy. <laughs> oh, wow. And did, did you make the football team listen to the same song uh, after the game for an hour? Or If you ask people that have lived with me, they'll all say, geez, I just get sick of that guy with his music and that, that same song. The, uh, to be fair, they probably think I listen to the same song all year because it's got a same, the same beat in behind it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just house music, <laughs> just with different <laughs> lyrics. So. Oh, outstanding. <laughs> all right, so then so then we're into ALH. So it was Auckland Labour Hire to start with. Yep. And you come up with the idea that you're going to help place some labour on different construction sites for people that needed yep. some, some man or woman power. Yep. Knew my boss was making a few bucks off me now when I was an apprentice. Yeah. And I uh, thought, geez, can't do any coaching or footy stuff anymore, so I need to m- start trying to make a couple of bucks on the side. And, uh, yeah, kind of got stuck into it and and did it by myself with no, like, external support. Started at 500 bucks. Did you know what you were doing? No. <laughs> no idea. Geez, some days I still don't feel like I do. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that's the... Like a really important thing about business, well, I guess in New Zealand, don't take yourself too seriously. Like, mm. Have fun. Don't 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 get Mister Serious on it all because then you kind of take the fun away from it. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I did that, and then was really fortunate to get uh, Sarah, who invested in, kind of after eighteen months, and uh, just did a bit of a capital raise to get some working cash, right? Because we started with five hundred bucks, our wage bills intense right and yeah. it always is cash flow has actually always been the biggest uh, pinch point for ALH as we grow trying to catch a tail mm. on the other end right we're kind of paying people every every week and then we're not getting that money till the following month the 20th yeah. XYZ so how long in did it take to have your first lesson of that uh, I never missed a payment nice. I never not yep. paid someone um, yep. so which was which was kind of proud and I kind of always held myself to, to have that integrity right um, but yeah, did that and then learnt when I needed the capital raise, got 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 some investment from Sarah and then um I think it would have been nine months after that then we got Rob and Jonty on, on board. So Yeah. And uh and yeah, so that's kind of the initial stage. So you've got then the the is the Gisborne mindset the scarcity mindset starting to, to change a bit to should I I could have something here or did it then take Rob to then unlock it a bit more to go. Hang on, um, this could be even bigger. So, so next next to the um, next to the Milford Track Walk, uh, the second most probably important conversation I've I've had in in this kind of era of my life was uh, I just got back from Sarah and Rob's wedding, and they introduced me to a guy called John T. Edgar, and uh, I was there and I met John T and he said hey I've heard from Rob that you've got this labour hire business 
Love the sound of it. Uh, why don't we catch up for lunch when I'm back? And I was like, all right, cool. And uh, so he invited me to a bisu. I'd never been there before, right? So I turned up in my ripped jeans, my, my hoodie, and, and looking a little bit out of place. Uh, didn't start too well because I don't eat fish. So and he goes and orders all this fish. And I said, oh, John, too, like, I don't want to be rude. or you know, But I actually don't eat fish, mate. And he goes, oh, well, geez, we've come to a Japanese restaurant. I'm like, what are you doing? I said, oh, this is what it is. Anyway, John T said to me, he said, uh, Izzy, how much money do you need to get this business to the next stage? And I said, I need 125 grand to get LH to the next stage for cash, right? I said, oh, I'm going to leave all the money in the business and that's just going to go to my, my cash flow. And then we're talking for 10 minutes and then he said, uh, all right. He said, uh, well, I'll make a deal with you. I said, oh, what's that? He said, uh, I'll make it 250K. He said, but because I think you're going to grow this business quicker than you think and you'll need to come and ask me for more money in six months, so let's just avoid that conversation. I'm thinking, 250K? Like, hang on a minute. <laughs> and, the, uh, and, and then he said, uh, but the other deal is that you have to promise me that when you start your next business, you're going to come and ask me and Rob for your initial investment if you do need it. He said, because I'll be honest with you, I don't necessarily believe in the business. I just believe in you right now and I want to back you and you as a person, as a leader and an upcoming business kind of entrepreneur. So let's make that deal and, and we've got it going and we're on. And I was kind of like, shook his hand and I walk out. I'll never forget, rung my brother, had a grey hoodie on, had Chuck Taylors on. i never forget on the phone to my brother, but like, mate, you wouldn't believe this conversation. I said, this guy's just quarter of a mil like it's $2 and he says he backs me. Yeah. And my brother's like, well, geez, you better deliver then. <laughs> like, you're telling me, yeah. you know? Like, and I think, like, integrity's been something I've been massive on. Um, and I've always felt incredibly loyal and respectful to those who have supported me. So I always wanted to do right by them. And more than to prove it to myself, I always have strived to prove to my shareholders that they invested in the right person. So mm. that was always at the forefront, right? Like wow. I couldn't have cared less about worrying about me. I wanted to get their return on their investment back bef as soon as I could yeah, and then really push and go forward from there. And have you eaten any fish since? Have you learned to eat nah, raw fish? I, <laughs> nah, I don't do it. I you haven't <laughs> changed. It's a no from me. <laughs> and what what was that feeling like having someone, like as a younger lad, having someone just tell you outright, like oh, I believe in you, that must have been pretty bloody powerful. Yeah, well, and especially if someone with his like background and and kind of experience and 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 what he's achieved and the success he's experienced in business to have him say that kind of have Rob sitting in there saying mate give it a go you've got this you know I was kind of oh jeez maybe maybe I do have something in me that that yeah. potentially could could kind of aspire to be something a little bit different yeah. to to most and did you you must have you kind of must have known from sort of your football days and just from other things in your life you, did you sort of have a little bit of that like yeah I, I, like you backed yourself too right yeah I, I backed myself I like again to the football I was never the best person in my team right like yeah. I was probably the last person on the on the team sheet but I, I always knew I was one of the hardest workers mm. uh, I just wasn't really have any athleticism naturally or anything like that which could have kind of pushed it forward but yeah, I, I guess I kind of knew I was, I was really competitive and I just had to harness that and, and hang on to that and that, that was kind of the main thing for me. Yeah. And so you start to place more people around Auckland. Yep. On sites, construction sites. Yeah. And then the world shuts <laughs> down. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, world shut down. Uh, sites shut down as well. Sites shut down, everything shut down. Um, but I, that, that, period alone uh single-handedly kind of allowed us to be where we are today yeah everyone was taking their foot off the gas cutting people doing this doing that um and I had to make the biggest call of my business life at that stage right like I I had six people on board in the office at that stage and everyone else is kind of paying their staff 100% right we did not have the capacity to do that initially mm. So I, I, uh, what I had to do is I kind of said, look guys, I'll, we'll do 50%. So that's a massive reduction. I said, we'll do 50%. But I promise when we make it out of this and we can recoup some of the cash just to be safe, I'll top up what you missed out on. 
before Christmas and it'll equal 100%. I said, I just need you guys to support me and, and have faith in my leadership that this is going to be the ultimate slingshot out of this downturn and we're going to come out fucking fighting. Yeah. And I actually, out of the six people, I only had one person that was probably a little bit hesitant. Um, but the rest were kind of like, wow, what else are we going to do? We, we're just going to trust yeah. your word and, and go for it. And we repaid the people right before Christmas, which they probably preferred rise money they didn't have. It's a good little kind of unintentional yeah. lump sum of cash before uh, before Christmas. And then, yeah, it was just game time from, from there on out. And I don't know what it was, but I felt like I got bloody possessed by a more competitive demon <laughs> in me <laughs> to, 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 to yeah. say, let's, let's really give it a crack here. Yeah. How old were you when we went into lockdown? Can you remember? COVID. I would have been 24. 24. Shit, you must have been thinking, seriously, world, like, give me a break here. Yeah, yeah. There was the a shit you'd already been through. Well, you know. It's been just working through it. 100%. But, like, I I think the lucky thing for me is I knew I'd been through worse. Yeah. So, whilst this COVID stuff was scary to a lot of people, geez, I had two things that made that look like chump change, right? Like, mm. I was kind of like, yeah, what's everyone worrying about this for? You know, yeah. like, I nearly bloody died because of my ticker, yeah. and my dad died. Yeah. And I was like, geez, we can come out of this, you know? And, and I, like, that was such a powerful tool to have. Um, And equally for me, I grew up in a really humble home, so I, every year that I was living was the best life I'd lived. Yeah. So it's not like when we went through COVID, I had to scale back my life, because at the time, I was still only paying myself 37 grand a year. mm and that, for me, was still a great life, right? So kind of you had all these people that were stressing out. They had mortgages. They had this. Mate, I had no, like, stress, no responsibility. Yeah. I think I had a cat, yeah. and that was it. <laughs> and uh, and it was just me against the world. And that's honestly how I felt it was. I was like, it's me against every other fucking competitor in New Zealand here. Yeah. And we're coming in hot. Wow. How good. <laughs> So what did you do during lockdown when you couldn't do heaps? Like you yeah. must have been a pent up bull. Were you just patting your cat the whole time, or uh, I was I was just trying to stay fit, yeah, and and keep my mind occupied. I was running models, I was running scenarios, I was running forecasts of what could happen. I was I was funny enough probably doing more than I'd done before. I was just finding things to do. Yeah, at that stage we'd had the the other business fit out, which was a year in too. So we kind of got these two new businesses, Shit. right? We're like, hang on a minute. Rob was, Rob, my bloody saving grace, was with the government doing like 20-hour days back to back. So my him and my communication stream was like minimal. Wow. But it allowed me to grow up, and I had to because I didn't have Rob to lean on as much as I normally did. Uh, so I had to make a few decisions by myself, and, and actually if I had to do it again, that was probably the right thing. And I think, you know, that probably was, maybe a little bit of his game plan. He probably could have given me some more time. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if he could have. But, <laughs> but you know, I think he probably, it was probably the right time for me to start making some, some big boy decisions and not, not leaning on old Uncle Rob thinking, yeah. geez, hang on a minute, help me through this one again. Were there any you made that he told you off for on the other side? Uh, nah, like, I've had a fair few whacks from Rob. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people don't realise, but mm. me and him are always really open to telling people that. Like, yeah. Talk about direct conversations. We've had uh, uh, more than a handful, right? Um, but again, it's one of those things you just have to take on the chin when it's coming from someone like him and, and realise it's coming from a good place and, yeah. and absorb it before you say anything. Just I just have to remind myself, shut the fuck up and yeah. just bite your lip and, and get into tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. <laughs> I've seen that man in the Les Mills on a Sunday <laughs> just pumping out rep yeah. after rep of abs yeah. sit-ups yeah. and all sorts of shit, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he loves it. Then in an RPM class, he's uh, he's he's always there. Yeah, you look like you don't want to mess with that bloke, <laughs> that's for sure. No. Yeah. No. Well, so then we get to the other side of COVID, and, and now it's time to just, uh, yeah, let the peacock fly, yeah. so to speak, yeah. and just get after it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's kind of what we did, right? We, we got a bit of runs on the board in Auckland and then kind of thought to myself, I thought, you know, I've, uh, I'm going to give this whole regional opportunity to go. I said, uh, I'm going to open up uh, Tauranga and, uh, and then once we'd decided to open up Tauranga, we'd signed a lease on a building. Uh, I then got a phone call from a guy in Wellington who said he wanted to open up Wellington for me. 
in, in two weeks' time. I'm thinking, Jesus, like, is this... Fuck, why not? You know? <laughs> I told myself I'm going to be competitive. So we've got this bathtub of cash, right? Yeah. With a big hole. We don't have a plug for that hole. The cash is going out because we're growing. We've got both taps on full, and then I go and basically put two spares in the bottom of it <laughs> to support these two regionals. And then we just went flat tack. And I think that year, I think I did 103 flights in an in a, in a annual period just to try and be there as much as I could. So I was spreading myself, my bandwidth, right? It was mm. just like so, so stretched. But we did what we had to do. And, and we started to build leaders within Auckland. We had two great people who are still with us in Auckland at the moment in leadership positions who, who just grew in, in those kind of times and allowed me to, again, focus on the, the bigger picture because I think the great thing that we have is we have a team 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 environment. We know what each person's doing to grow the business, which then in turn benefits everyone in the business, right? So I'm kind of like this bloody unhinged, bloody, you know, headless chicken just going ballistic, but I know that we're kind of taking care of what we need to in Auckland. So it was a balancing act at the, act at the start. Yep. But, yeah, so so we got Tauranga and Wellington going. Uh, Tauranga, the first year of Tauranga was probably the, most challenging like I'd be lying if I said it didn't cross my mind to think geez are we worth hanging around out here yeah but we just had to dig it in and, and keep going and now it's really doing well um so once then, you're in a region you've got to then so you've got to set up so you're setting up a physical location and then you're trying to build a brand out and go hey did you know and they're going we've never heard of you yeah and you yeah. start from scratch in every region Ab- yeah absolutely yeah. so it's yeah. kind of like in a lot of businesses uh one, well, the great thing for me is I get to see the fit-out model, right? If we go and win work, we can then put resource underneath that work that we have won. Where at ALH, we have to find that person and then go and get the business. Mm. So it's a massive hockey stick curve before you actually start even breaking even, right? So yeah. it's uh, And that's been a part of it. I, I, was, I never wanted to take any money from the business for the first five years because I just wanted to spend every cent on growing and, and we just had to be really disciplined on that. Every spare cent was going to a new opportunity. Wow, mm. good effort. Not many people could do that or commit to that. Uh, again, it kind of goes back to like how I was brought up, right? Like yeah. every year was the best life I'd ever lived. It was the mm. best lifestyle I'd ever lived. So I never had to feel like I was sacrificing anything to, to do that, you know? Yeah. Has it been tough... Like coming from sort of a um, a scarce background, let's say, or a smaller, smaller-minded, you know, you weren't thinking as big back then, to now seeing like I saw some of the boys at the Warriors the other night, yeah, yeah. Sort of, and I'm thinking, shit, you know, is he's paying for these beers <laughs> uh, left, right, and centre, and, and you weren't there. Has it been hard to kind of let go of that shit? You know, um, how much, how much is uh, going out? So I'm, I'm like real frugal at heart, right? On on a lot of things, I'm like a super tight ass, but then there's some things I actually just think are really important and I think going out with a few of the boys from the office and taking some clients and having way too many beers and burgers on the way home I love that shit man like yep. that's cool that's that's the one thing if if you had to give someone a $500 pair of sneakers or $500 experience I'd cringe at the $500 sneakers but sign me up for that $500 at the Warriors or something right yeah, so yeah. We just need to be reaping the rewards of the hard work, and those boys that you would have seen are the ones that have put in the shifts, right? No, yeah. we don't give those kind of yeah. those those flexibilities to to anyone yeah. who doesn't deserve it, and and actually yeah. that's that's a real thing of respect in our business. Like if you're doing that stuff, it's because you bloody deserve to, yeah, and nice. have fun. Don't hold back. <laughs> yeah, good man. So then you've gone Tauranga, Wellington, and then then we went Hawks Bay this year. Yeah. January before you went to the next regions as such, did you sort of break the back of those regions first, or did you nope. kind of go? <laughs> no like, idea. Yeah, none of them. I've done no market. I I put my hand on my heart. I've never done market research. Yeah, on on any region we went to, I kind of just and and that probably wouldn't work again, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, we just went for it. So we opened up Hawks Bay in January. Uh, we opened up Rotorua in April. We opened up Hamilton in June. And then uh, we've opened up Christchurch in July, and then we're opening up Dunedin in, in uh, four weeks. So. Wow. And Northwest will open up uh, before the end of this year. So kind of wow. six or so branches this year, so she's been a big push. Yeah. <laughs> so is there a, like a branch manager for each sort yep, of region? Yeah, branch yep. manager and a team of two. Gotcha. That, that's how we operate our regional branches. Yeah. Um, 
and then we we envision those growing pretty significantly over the next next kind of three years. Yeah, and so then Auckland Labour High become Aotearoa. Aotearoa Labour High, yep. and then um, yeah, always looking at what's next and potentially jumping over the ditch. So really, ALH yeah. could work well with Australia yeah. Labour High, right? So. Uh, yeah, went on a trip last week and it was really cool. It, it was probably quite a humbling trip. Like I, it, there's a lot more challenges than I anticipated. Yeah, and I think the cool thing is like having a board now. Mm. They're constantly challenging you for those things where you. I'm quite like naive to think, no, nah, no, nah, mate, I'll I'll get it done. You know, yeah. So like you get out. over there, like, hang on a minute, yeah, I'll slow it down a little bit. It's go slow to go right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so in Aussie last week and in Brisbane and, and Sydney, it was really cool to to catch up with some cool people from the industry over there and, and it's definitely something we'll, we'll be looking at for sure and, and kick it off next year. Nice one. So what's the team size now in terms of in the office and then uh, people on site? Can you say that? Yeah, yeah. so yeah. we had over 600 on site. Uh, today? Yeah, today. Wow. Um, which is which is a really cool, uh, you know, milestone for us. And uh, we have 30, I think it'll be 32 yeah, at the moment I think we've got another six coming before Christmas. So, Shit. and I think kind of come Feb one next year we'll kind of, yeah. we'll mu- definitely come April we'll be probably north of fifty five. So in house and and knocking on that eight hundred to a thousand on site. Wow. So a lot of people that li- will listen to this, one of their biggest challenges that they face is finding people. Mm-hmm. How have you broken the back of that, or what tips could you give? Um, create a culture that people want to be a part of. Yeah, and look after your people. Uh, you got a lot of people who who aren't willing to 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 pay people yeah a little bit more than what you might have to do. And like my I I pay everyone above market, and the bonuses that we pay at ALH for our, the the high achieving staff is honestly probably double what people get in the market. So find a way to sacrifice personally in order for your team to feel appreciated and remunerated far more than, than what they actually would have anticipated. Yeah. And create a culture that 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 gets buy in from everyone in the direction that you want to be going. I think clear direction. Everyone knows that ALH wants in our business, everyone knows hundred mil. That's yep. us, right? And that's the first stepping stone. And and again creating that culture and, and each business is different, right? Like accountants are all different. Mm. Uh recruitment people are all different. But kind of Reading the room and and seeing what's what's you know if we we've got a gym in our office and a half court basketball court because the boys love and the girls love the gym right if we had a office full of you know Wilkie loves golf Nancy yeah. loves golf uh but if we had an office full of golfers we'd probably get a golf simulator mm. but do you know what I mean so it's just about trying to read the room and being smart with 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 how you're kind of rewarding the yeah. the office space that you're in. And, the environment you're creating for them, yeah. and and what about like physically getting them to come and work for you as such? Are you are you shoulder tapping people? Or are you telling the team like, hey, we're we're constantly growing. If you find the right people, tell them to come to you. What's the go? Uh, that those two, uh, but organically, if I hired every person that wanted a job in house at ALH, we'd be double, mm. right? But it's so important finding the right culture. Yeah. Yeah. Culture fits more important than than revenue and profits. Like you, you yeah. takes one bad egg, right? If you could have someone, one person that build the equivalent to five people, uh, but he was an absolute dick and he'd piss off three of those people. Give me those five people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And wow, that's a uh, yeah. It's, and what what about, on the just back to the flight? So over a hundred flights in a year. Yeah, yeah. What do you do on a plane? Uh, well, if it's if it's between seven and five, it's a working day. Yep. I'm at my office. If it's a little bit before, uh, or if it's like an evening flight, I'll I'll always try and, and grab a little bit of a nap. Yep. Um, but no eating on the plane, no eating an hour before the plane, because uh, I feel really unproductive and 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 don't have energy sitting there, right? Like full of food. Now's Tip from Rob. He yeah. actually flies a lot. Well, wow. um, so let's unpack that for a second. So, if you're so no eating an hour before you fly. Well, that wasn't Rob. Rob just said he he said a big thing he doesn't like doing is is flying on a full stomach. Yeah, because you just feel a bit sludgy, right? And it's probably more so for an international flight. But because I'm needing to move quickly, yeah. um, I don't eat an hour before, um, and don't don't if I do anything, I'll kind of just try and take some, I love cashew nuts, so I kind of always try and have a bag of cashews on me, Yeah, and uh, I'll kind of snack on them on a plane, but otherwise it's a, it's a working day on the, 
on the um on the plane, so I just treat it like an office. Never check in luggage ever, even when I go overseas. If I think I'm doing, you know, if I'm doing kind of four flights a week, which I average at the moment, that's half an hour either side. I have to be there earlier if I'm checking in for an overnight. That's an hour, you know, that's four hours a week. That's eight hours a fortnight. That's mm. 16, that's two working days I lose a month from having to check in, be a bit more distracted and, and not being functional or let alone optimal. So I'm Love super it. focused on the, the compound time stuff. Wow. <laughs> I, uh, I I learned about this last week from an American talking about always get the fi- first flight because yep. it's less chance that it'll be delayed yep. or cancelled. And then, yeah, um, unless you're staying longer than five nights, like under anything under five nights should be carry-on only. Yeah, yeah. And just to remove the ability that, oh, you've lost your bag, now you've got yeah. a new set of problems, just remove the ability that can go wrong. Yeah. What what other areas of your life have you found where you can put time back into it or that compound time, time effect? Um, mornings. Like, have to, have to get hours in in the morning. I was actually looking at my uh, phone the other day, and I... Uh, I'll get my numbers right. I was kind of like, oh, it's been a busy, it's been a busy uh, month, and I was like, I just want to see what my average time in bed is. Yeah, and my average time in bed was five hours forty nine. Shit, in bed, not sleeping. But I'm really fortunate that I'm someone who kind of only needs five hours. So if I can kind of go to bed at midnight, yeah, uh, I can wake up at five or just a bit before five. And then I've kind of, I kind of tell myself, well, if someone else is sleeping seven hours a night, or in my instance, my competitor is sleeping seven hours a night, I'm sleeping five, I'm getting two hours, I'm getting 14 hours more awake time, functional, operational time than him a week. Yeah. And it all just adds up, right? So just squeezing time either side, and I make sure I'm productive with that time. I I give myself a breather on a Friday night, like that, that's probably my downtime. Um, but yeah, just up in the morning, operational kind of start start getting into it, and I don't read. I've never read a chapter book in my life. Yeah, I've probably never <laughs> made it past two chapters. Like honestly, yeah. um, I, I I very rarely listen to podcasts. Um, I just so routine based. It's it's probably almost a little bit robotic. Like mm. same song in the morning on the way to work. Get in the car, put it on, full full volume. Get myself to work in the gym, caffeine. Uh, yes, but I don't need it. Like, I actually quite just almost, I drink so much Coca-Cola, I almost need to wean myself off it. Yeah. Coke Zeros, which is not healthy. The only way I can kind of chop that is is a coffee, but I just normally have the decaf, so not relying on coffee. But yeah, the the time thing, it's it's just trying to squeeze time either side Mm. of the... Of the light, right, and yep. and for me that's really important, and and I, I get a lot of confidence knowing that I'm kind of getting another fifty hours a, a month, yeah, which is a which is an operational week than most people, and then you've gone and added a amazing partner into your life as well, yeah, yeah, then got engaged, engaged, uh, yeah. similar circles f- to you in the in the horse 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 racing industry, so yeah. How, yeah. did, how did you go finding enough time to be able to? Have you, is that where you've gone from six hours to five hours? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, man, like, kind of to her, to full respect and appreciation to her family, uh, Lance has done incredible uh, mm. work for that family to to kind of get to where he is, uh, and he's had to sacrifice a lot, right? And and Bridget has been I've seen firsthand the support she or has offered him but equally does in her own account at the Red Barn um, so G's growing up seeing that that hustle that grind that sacrifice and she gets it yeah not many people get it man and, yeah. and that's that's the honest truth so she's growing up in a in an environment which has seen the sacrifice in order to kind of get the treats later on in life yeah and and she she's she's absolutely signed up to, to be a part of this this journey and 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 that's really cool and 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 she's an awesome chick she gets it I kind of I'm never sees me in the morning I'm always out she's a professional sleeper <laughs> yeah. so she's an eight amer on a on a good day yeah um and a there at nights and and again we kind of I get home we have dinner and then after dinner I'm straight back on the laptop till Till kind of bedtime, right? And so it's it's a it's full pace, but again, she she's cool. She's she's awesome. Her family are great. It's actually really important having the family mm. on board, like yeah, because you can despise and people can start to think that their family might be getting less time than they should. Yes, but but at the end of the day, it's a common goal, right? Like 
what I'm trying to achieve here ideally mm. helps us later on in life. So, you yeah, know, nice. engaged, mate, feeling like a grown up, wow. getting married next year. Yeah, um, nice. So, it'll be in the red barn or? Uh, on the front lawn. Oh, nice. Much to Lance's disgust. So, yeah. um, yeah, he tried to 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 get over the red barn, but but um, yeah, she she's helping on getting married on the front lawn. So. Yeah, awesome. Well done, mate. Good stuff. Shit. Uh, there's plenty of balance here. I was thinking that a lot of people would be listening, thinking, "Oh, this bloke clearly can't have a uh, a partner." But uh, <laughs> you managed to squeeze it in. But yeah. no, we we squeezing good, and and you know the good thing is is kind of being on the road. Sometimes she can come with me on some of those trips. So yeah, uh, she her her role's relatively flexible at times. So. She she might come on the road with me once a month or once every few weeks, and we we still make it feel work. like we get plenty of time. Yeah, what keeps Izzy Whitley awake at night? <sighs> um, how I can be better tomorrow. Wow, what a response! <laughs> how you can be better tomorrow? Yeah, I I, I never really like kind of sitting on on what I've done that day. Right, it's it's always about tomorrow. Every day's a new day, but if you think you can take it easy tomorrow because of what you've done today, then yeah. And I'd consider myself a bit of a pussy, so no one knew that. <laughs> what happens when you're massively hungover or massively tired or sick? Is that hard to balance? Because you're like, fuck, I just want to get after it. Or yeah. you just do. What, what well, happens? Well, uh, maybe because you're you're loved up too, but I'm I'm just trying to think, maybe you haven't seen me out as much anymore because I don't drink. I'm not actually allowed to drink much because of my heart. Yeah, so, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So the hangover piece component is almost irrelevant nice there might be three or four days i'm hung over a year yeah in in a working year uh the new years and stuff obviously but um but the sickness hits me pretty hard because of my heart mm. so if i get a virus i'm fucking wiped out yeah so uh but i still find a way right like and and it's actually just listening like i hate kind of succumbing to the fact I have to listen to my body when I'm sick but I, I really do because yeah. of my heart so just listening to that and, and again the hangover component's not really relevant and that's actually allowed me to have plenty more Time. functional days in, in the year yeah that, nice uh, like that was something that got enforced upon me uh, and and alone that that gave me so much upside benefit yep. to, to achieving yeah nice smart what uh, what would you say is your superpower Ah, uh, jeez. It's a goodie. That's a tough questions around here, mate. I think my one superpower would be trying to just get people to do something that they'd never do before. Like, trying nice. to get them out of their comfort zone. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I can convince most people to do something they'd never th- think they'd end up doing. Whether yeah. that's a nice bath or whether that's a run up a hill or, or whatever. Yeah. Just trying to get people out of their comfort zone. And were you like that? For a long time, so in your football days, for instance, you get guys to yeah, train hard. Yeah, al- al- always like that. And yep. in, in anything, I kind of always found it as a bit of a competition to, to equally put myself outside of a comfort zone with someone else. So. Wicked. What advice would you give to someone that's early 20s with 500 bucks <laughs> to start a business? Um, Just go for it. Yeah. Don't make any excuses. Never, never succumb to one excuse as to why you're not where you think you should be. Yeah, I've never come up with an excuse as to why I think you know. Whilst as we're doing well where we are, I still wish I was in a hell of a better position. You know, so I've never made an excuse as to why. So, no excuses. Work your ass off and uh, be be willing to 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 live a relatively shit life for for your first three years of business. And and if you make it out the other side, then then you go again. If you don't, you've learnt a lot. Yes, there we go. A five hundred dollars university degree would be more valuable than uni degree. Any down moments that stick out for you, mate? And then how long, if so, did you let? Uh, did you hold on to those four before you went? You know what? Just let's go. Um, I have never got up and thought I don't want to get into the office today. Awesome. Uh, and don't get me wrong, there's been some seriously challenging days, but I think like for me, you go and like I would probably say one one day a quarter you'd have a moment in the working environment that you have to perform, you have to be sharp, or I have to be so on the ball mm. in order to, to get the win here. So I almost thrive for that moment and that discomfort of pressure to deliver. So I wake up searching for that moment, and if I'm ever in a downturn, it's always like, wow, shit, this is what I've lived for, right? It's like going into a football final. You're a little bit nervous. You know you've got to do your job to win. If you don't, you won't win. Mm. So you've just got to do a hell of a job. So the the most daunting days I've had in businesses when you've had to do do kind of you know dismissals or things like that, uh, or make really big adjustments and changes, 
I've always kind of woken up thinking, gee, this is, this is why I'm here. You know, this is this is actually why I like being where I am because I get the chance to to be to perform here. Yeah, and then grow from it, and, go and through it, absolutely grow from it yeah. for sure. So yeah, always wow. thrive for those kind of uncomfortable moments that that I know make me better. Any other lessons to to share with uh, a smaller businesses owner out, uh, business owners out there? Um, two two things probably come to mind. Uh, the first, don't be a dick. Right? Yep, nice. Too many people with dickheads in, in in business when they're starting out. It's like, and 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 the other thing, if you're starting out, be be human. Don't don't kind of try and make it out like you're doing better off than you are because you're actually people are far more welcoming, especially in this country, to to people who are living behind their means opposed to beyond it so mm. how can you be likeable to people and and actually how can you live a life that people actually are interested in knowing about to to sit in the same room with you to potentially get an outcome in it nice do you have younger people now getting in touch with you saying hey can i have you know, an hour of your time you know that sort yeah. of thing can i get, can you come on the next advisory podcast Pro- <laughs> <laughs> so, so i i i i um i'd probably get three people message me a week to, yep. to catch up for a coffee um, and I probably I've kind of come to the rule for me that I will do one like public engagement a quarter yeah right and I like I know you mm. uh, love what you guys are about it's awesome I love seeing your content and, and shit and I generally get excited seeing what you're, you guys are doing right it's cool I love following it yeah but equally like the, uh, the other podcast I did it's a guy I know right so and mm. it's just cool so I love jumping on there with, with like minded people but I'd, I'd, again, I'd do four things like that a year. But you have to protect your time, right? Because mm. a 15-minute coffee is never a 15-minute coffee. No. It's it's an hour coffee, and it might take you 20 minutes to get there, and it might take you 20 minutes to get home. Yeah. So it's it's actually a two-hour coffee. In a week, we I don't have two hours spare. Oh, I'm obviously, like the compound time police. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's not it's not it's not a thing. If if I always say to people if they want to catch up, you can come into my office. And meet me where I, where I I am, uh, and I can, I'm really happy to, to to catch up. But you just have to be really disciplined because you can kind of get overly excited in what other people are doing, and yeah, and they might not even be excited in their own plan as you are, and you kind of feel like you've tried to boost them up, and then you find out in six months they're, they're not not doing it anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just lastly, mate, you've been very consistent on LinkedIn and social media, effectively for for a long time yeah. now, right? And then you've I've watched you teach your team members, hey, this is important. Yeah. And they seem to have adopted that and, and I see it pop up and I think, shit, you've done well there too. Because yeah. so many people are scared of posting and whatnot, but you've obviously gone, hey, this is a non-negotiable as such or... Well, I, there, I have never like had a whiteboard session or a meeting with everyone to say, this is how many LinkedIn posts like. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I might say the other week, hey, get some LinkedIn posts up or whatever. But it's not like, it's just one of those things that's, Everyone just kind of gets into it, right? They're kind of, oh, hang on a minute, this is a cool thing to do. Yeah. And and that's actually how we get a lot of people wanting to jump on board. They're like, oh, jump on jump on my LinkedIn. You guys are all like, bloody see, I feel like it's the universe telling me to come and jump on board. <laughs> hang on a minute, come on then. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, before we go, mate, because I know you've got a, uh, you've got a, you're meeting with your brother, right? No, no, Donnie, Liam, oh, my best mate. That's the way, Malone, yeah. is it? Yep. Yeah, yep. I saw you guys water skiing the other day on some boat. Yeah, is it, that right? it breaks my heart that, uh, he's got no legs and he's better on the wakeboard than me. Is he? <laughs> yeah. How good. Yeah. But now we, yeah, we got that boat uh, uh, last summer. Actually, it was a stolen, recovered boat, so we got a hell of a deal on it. Shit. And uh, and man, we just love it. We just kind of get out there and yeah, and take a breath. So he and mate, he's an awesome best mate, and uh, he's someone again who's who's super time conscious and and adds value to whatever too. he does. Yeah. Super competitive. Yeah. If not more competitive than I am, right? Really. Like, so it's a great, great kind of. Running mate. friendship, yep, yeah, running mate, and uh, I'm sure it drives both of our partners up the wall. I bet that, that we both how we are. <laughs> Maddie and G probably end up bloody nearly bitching and moaning about us behind our back, but hey, no, yeah. he's he's a top bloke, so you're going to catch up with him later on. Good on you, mate. That's been fantastic. Anything that we didn't cover in this hour, because we just took past an hour, that you'd love to get across to people listening? Um, no, I just think. If whatever you're doing, make sure you're having fun. Don't don't take don't take yourself too seriously. Every day's a new day and uh just get up and get after it and, and do better than the day before. 
Good man. Mate, uh, that has been, that's gone really, really quick, and there's some, some huge gems in there, so thanks for giving us some of your time. I've got no doubt that you will uh, tick that $100 million mark. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank it's you. just a matter of time. So we'll, yeah. get you, we'll get you tuned back on to, awesome. to get you out of here, mate. But, Cheers. Uh, thanks again. What?